Do you not? Do you have routine that you kind of go through? I have definitely have a Sunday morning routine, probably to me, the most important of routines for me is the Sunday morning routine. And, and just to kind of set this up, yesterday, um, I, I got a chance to sleep in on Saturday morning, which is a good thing. Uh, we always like that, two thumbs way up on sleeping in on a Saturday morning, but I, we have uh, dogs, as you well know, and I have to walk those, and now we even, I'm even harboring my mother-in-law's dog, hello, um, we won't get into that, I'm glad she's not here because she'd be all over me if she saw me acting that way, um, but I knew I was going to be sleeping in, and I'd don't really like to clean up dog mess so I thought you know I'll get up in the middle of the night and walk the dogs so that I make sure that there are no problems so I set my alarm to get up in the middle of the night to go do that and lo and behold my alarm didn't go off yesterday uh, I still woke up fairly early got there were no issues so the dog thing was good so I got the dogs taken care of but this uh this this thing about the the, the alarm not going off kind of bothered me because I have two really big fears. The first one you already know is that I'm going to stand up here some Sunday morning and not have a sermon. You know, that is that like my nightmares that I would stand in front of you and like where'd my sermon go? So that's not good. That's fear number 1. Fear number 2 is that I'm going to oversleep on a Sunday morning and they're going to call me at like uh you know 15 minutes after the service was supposed to start and say, "Brett, where are you?" Oh, my good, because, you know, then you'd see me with my hair out of place, and that would be terrible. <laughs> so, so the, the big concern. So uh, I thought I had gone over all my uh, alarm issues last night before I went to bed. Turns out I didn't. I woke up 15 minutes after I was supposed to wake up this morning, which doesn't sound like a big deal, but you know how you just don't like certain things messed with? My Sunday morning routine is one of those. I don't like it messed with. It's pretty peculiar about it. So wake up 15 minutes late. Before I went to bed last night, my wife was on my laptop. She said, Brett, I don't think that your computer is, is receiving and sending email. So that's an issue. So, and I, one of the last things I do on Saturday evening is email all of my PowerPoint stuff to myself so that I can put it back here where it needs to be. Well, couldn't do all that. Um, got here this morning and thought, well, I'll put my computer into my docking station and do what I normally do. And when I put my computer in, turned it on, it comes up and says, you're computers operating on battery power there's no uh, cord plugged into the docking station and I'm like no the cord is plugged into the docking station did that two or three times that's not working right went to print my sermon pretty big deal <laughs> print the sermon I get an error message back that says your sermon did not print and I'm, you know, I know that I need to know why it didn't print so fortunately, in this day and age, there are all kinds of technological backup things you can do. There's this little thing called a jump drive that is the coolest little thing. So I was able to do it all with a jump drive. So all systems are go. But it's just been one of those mornings, you know. There's little glitches here and there. Um, the good news this morning is that we are alive. That's the good news. Uh, that's right. That's, amen for being alive. I was talking to a good friend of mine not too long ago, and I said, how you doing? And he said, I'm on the right side of the grass. And I'm like, you know, that is a pretty healthy way to look at life. I'm on the right side of the grass. So, so we can all say that. We can all say we're on the right side of the grass this morning. So we got that going for us. But, you know, I don't know what your first thought was this morning when you woke up, whether you woke up and said, oh, man, the alarm, or whether you woke up and said, it's good to be alive this morning. I'm happy to be just, you know, be, that I can hear my alarm is a great thing. You may hear me talk about my routine and say, Brett, I wish that that's all I had to deal with. I wish that, you know, Brett, I've been through the valley of the shadow of death this week, 
And if all I had to deal with was an alarm and a couple of things with my computer not going well, I would trade that for what I've got going on in my mind. I don't know where you are this morning, but I do know that we're all alive, walking, living, breathing, miraculous machines, and we are here to live another day, and that is a miraculous, miraculous thing. We are formed, you and me. We are created beings. Uh, God has crafted us and formed us and ordained us and and uh, the same god that created the cosmos is the god that created you and me that's that's worth taking note of that's something that you want to have in your mind we're in a series called indescribable and we're talking about the bigness of god and creation the smallness of us uh, just the amazing grace of god and i know i'm using that word a lot but you're just going to get used to it it's the only word i know to use to describe some of the stuff is amazing god is amazing i want to back up just for a minute we we are going to do some review we're not going to do the whole thing don't worry some of you go okay i'm done i'm out i'm i'm leaving now um we are formed and created you and i we we are made by the one who created the cosmos genesis chapter one the very first thing you read is in the beginning god created the heavens and the earth that's a big deal he spoke it and it came into being he spoke and and stars and universe came into being he spoke in light was created by the mouth and the breath of God. That is something that should just make us stop and think, wow, indescribable. When I pray, sometimes I, I think to myself, you know, the God that, that I pray to is the God that made all this. I mean, the, that he's interested in what I have to say, that he cares, that he, that he would answer prayers that I pray, that, that he's, he's intimately involved in my life, that he cares about me. The one who made all of this just blows your mind to, to even think about it. That he made um, universes, uh, universe and galaxies, hundreds of billions of galaxies. Um, the universe is huge. We don't know exactly how big it is. We know that, that uh, it's huge, but we have not found the edge of it. Our neighborhood, the Milky Way galaxy, just uh, so that you can see that again, this is the Milky Way galaxy. It is a bar-centered nucleus galaxy. Now, that you know there are hundreds of billions of stars in that little picture that you see right there that we take that little picture and think well that's cool uh no that's a lot of stars happening in that there are hundreds of billions of stars and you say well where are we in that thing we're probably somewhere that's us in the middle i mean isn't that just like us to think well we're in the middle you know we're me-centric everything revolves around us so surely we're at the middle of the galaxy no we're kind of in a safe place about three quarters of the way out in one of those darker spots in between the spiral arms because if we were someplace else it'd be a very dangerous place for us to live we don't want to live in those kind of places our solar system which we can't even put on there to show you is so small that that we couldn't i couldn't even show you that if if i wanted to um but but let me just drop this little bit of information on you this morning that galaxy right there is a hundred thousand light years across you hear that and you go big deal no 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 5.88 trillion miles is a light year 5.88 trillion times a hundred thousand that's how far across that thing is now i want to make sure i don't mess this up i want to put this in relative size for you to help you kind of wrap yourself around what i'm talking about just so you can get an idea of how big that thing is if you were to take our sun okay and represent it with a golf ball the sun's a golf ball and you're going to step back off that golf ball five feet that's how far earth is from the sun in relative size in this little experiment we're doing golf ball earth okay then you've got our solar system which on this picture we couldn't even put a dot on there big enough to show you what our solar system is but our solar system beyond that would be one-fifth of a mile 
Okay, you getting that? So, so sun, five feet out earth, go a fifth of the mile, that's our solar system. You want to know how big our galaxy is? You would have to go six million miles to represent the size of our galaxy. It is huge. And it's just one of hundreds of billions of galaxies that God has made, and it's the one that we live in. It's very cool. We are itty-bitty, teeny-tiny little people on this planet we call Earth, and we're in a little teeny-tiny solar system. It it just boggles the mind. I want to show you. We showed this picture two weeks ago. It's a picture known as the pale blue dot. Uh, Carl Sagan, who's no longer with us, uh, labeled it that. I don't know if you can see that very well. If you've been struggling with whether or not to get contacts, today may be the defining day in your life as to whether or not you should go ahead and get contacts because Earth is in that picture. Can you see us? Do you know where we are? Let's see if we can help that a little bit. We'll put a dot there so that you can see. That little speck of dust inside that sunbeam is Earth. And that was taken by Voyager in 1990. This picture revolutionized astronomy you look at that and you say brett that's not going to revolutionize anything that thing right there no really that's a that's a pretty significant picture um they had sent uh, the spaceship voyager out uh to take some pictures of some of the further planets and things in fact it's still an active service uh craft it's still it's still operating is what i'm trying to say it's not on mission necessarily the mission pretty much ended right after this picture was taken but it's still going out into space they they launched this thing in 1977 13 years later in 1990 they said stop it's moving at 40,000 miles an hour mind you and it said turn around they said turn around and take a picture of what you see and what they took a picture of was this and just a the the, the beam of light that you see there let's can we blow it up that beam of light is the sun uh, bouncing off of the spacecraft, and it's just this really, really cool picture. Now let's go back out and see if they can find it. Okay, that's us. We're on that little ball, the pale blue dot, suspended in space, a little speck of dust inside of a sunbeam, inside the solar system, inside the Milky Way galaxy. Um, that picture was taken 3.7 billion miles away from us, outside of the orbit of Pluto. That's how far away this thing was when it took the picture. Um, we're in this series called Indescribable. We are little teeny tiny people. That's really the point. The message really is, one of the messages is, we are small. God is big. Um, I think we've pretty much gotten that. It just makes you say, you look at things like that, and man, we are small. I mean, that's incredible. Um, we have done some amazing things, though. Uh, one of them is that we have built this thing called the Hubble Space Telescope, which is very, very cool. It goes up into space and takes some of the pictures that we've been able to see. I want to show you a new galaxy this week. This does not have a name other than a, they call it NGC 1309. Isn't that cool? We, maybe we could come up with our own name for that one. But inside of this is a supernova, SN. Uh, 2000FX is the supernova that's somewhere inside that, and that's significant to you and me, not for any real big reason, but astronomers say that inside that, that galaxy, this supernova is enabling them to measure how fast the universe is expanding based on how red light bends or something weird like that. Can you believe that? Now you say, now how can they know all that? I don't know. They built a spacecraft that can go up and take a picture of it, so they're smart enough to do that. They built a spacecraft that can go 3.7 billion miles away from us and take a picture of the pale blue dot. They have their ways. So uh, we'll just leave it at that. Um, 
Here's what you need to know about this. This is why this is outstanding today. That thing that you're looking at right now is 100 million light years away from you. 100 million times 5.88 trillion. You know, people say, <laughs> they talk about trillions of dollars and billions of dollars in the national debt. You say, we, we have elections, and that's a big deal at election time. Do you really care about the national debt? I mean, does, do those numbers mean anything to you? You say, Brett, I've got hundreds or thousands of dollars worth of debt of my own. You know, thank you very much. If I could just get a little help with that. Uh, forget the national debt. Let's talk about my debt for a little while. Um, I have my own personal debt issues, you know. That's, that's kind of where we would go with that whole thing. But I need you to think about this just for a minute. We're talking about something that is 100 million light years across. 100 million times 5.88 trillion. That's how far away this thing is. And it just shows the expanse of the cosmos. Now, I don't think after you go past NGC 1309, space ends. You know, I don't think you go out there, turn left, and fall off the, you know, where, to whatever the abyss is. I think there's something beyond that that we just can't have built a telescope big enough to be able to see it yet. But God is big enough to create all this and make something so big that universe, the universe contains all these galaxies and they are hundreds of millions of light years away from one another. It just boggles your mind to even think about it. There's no way we can even really wrap our brain around it this morning. Um, but I want to show you something uh, as crazy as it is that we can build telescopes to go see these things, and as crazy it is that we can see a picture like this and say that's 100 million miles away, check this out. Look at that. This is even more amazing to me. Now you say, what is that? Does anybody know what that is? It's an eyeball. That's either the iris galaxy or, or that is a human eye, and that is exactly what you're looking at there. That is the human eye. Scientists say this is one of the most complex mechanisms known to man. This thing right here has 120 million rods and cones in it. And they are always distinguishing various stages of shadow and light. There are billions, literally billions of calculations happening as you look at this between your brain and your eyeball right now. It is the most computerized, highly mechanized thing that they know of. It just staggers their imagination to even think about it. Um, and we've got one in us and where in the world am I going to go? Signals are going to your brain. See, the cosmos is grand, but as grand as the cosmos is, you are even more grand than the cosmos. Let me uh, tell you a little bit about the development of the eye in the womb of the mother, if I can do that, which is where you get your eyes, by the way. There's not a, there's not a, 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 a storehouse with brown eyes in it, and they holler back in the storeroom, hey, Mabel, they're wanting brown eyes for this kid. Um, that's not how it works. The, at some point in your, when you're in your mother's womb, uh, you don't come with eyes. DNA has to tell your, your body to make eyes, and so basically you make your own uh, And when you're in your mother's womb. And, and just think about the fact that this all happens as you float in the, that beautiful place inside your mom's belly. If you've been around our church very long, you've noticed that we've got several women who are, I'm, I'm looking right now at two of them have delivered babies, but we got some that are great with child, even as we even as we wait for them to do that. And in case you're, you know, if you are fertile and you're not wanting children right now, I highly suggest you don't drink our water because something <laughs> something is happening. We we haven't figured it out entirely. Well, I think we do. We have figured it out, but we're not going to go there. <laughs> Just move on, Brett. Just keep keep going. Um, but some, at some point, your, brain, your body says, we've got to have eyes. 
You know, we, we got to have eyes. That's got to be part of the deal. But get this. At some point in your mother's womb, optic nerves, nerve endings start moving away from the brain in your body. And they're all specially coded. And, and, and then optic nerves, a million of them, move out of the flesh that is going to make up your eyeball. And they start to make their way to one another, millions of them. Okay, and everyone has a number, a corresponding number. One has to match up with one. Five has to match up with five. 586,212 has to match up with 586,212. And if they don't all match up, guess what? You can't see. A million of these things coming out of the flesh in your body, and somehow they find each other. It is just amazing to me. Let me just show you how big you are when this is going on, okay? Can I just show you? It's going on when you're that size. Millions of nerve endings in your body. It, does that, do you just not stand off and say, amazing? Uh, that's the only word I know how to use, and I, I use it all the time. It, it really, truly is amazing. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. And the God that has spoken the cosmos into being has formed and crafted you and made you very, very special. The psalmist wrote this, and think about, think about the era that David wrote these things in. I mean, you know, science has come along and pretty much put, really opened our, our eyes to some of what David was talking about. And as we're going to read this this morning, you're going to say, wow, that, that's really very cool. There's no arguing, in, at least in my mind, that the Spirit had something to do with writing Scripture when you consider some of the things that David wrote, and then we're going to consider some of the things from science today that science has taught us. Um, think about the time we're writing, and now understanding DNA the way we understand it, and, and the human genome, and genetics, and the human body. Look at Psalm 139, and, and the Psalm 139 is all about the sovereignty of God. The, and you say, well, Brett, that's a big church word. What does sovereignty mean? Sovereignty really means, if you hear someone say sovereignty of God, it just literally means God's in control. It means that God's big, God's, he's, he's in charge, he's in control, he's at the helm of your life and of all creation and psalm 139 verse 13 says for you created my inmost being in other words those million optic nerves think about this think about a million people coming in this door a million people coming in this door they all have a stick with a sign and a number on it and they and they can't see each other and they've got to somehow million people have to figure out one has to find one and five has to find five and, you know, you would walk up to somebody and say, have you seen number one flying around here? No. Um, have you seen something in the 5,000s? Because that's what I'm looking for. Think about how long it would take a million of us to, to match up and to, and to mesh up, and there, there would be no mistakes. I mean, it just it's, it's amazing to really think about. It would take forever. It would be chaos. It would be crazy. But it says that God was orchestrating all that in my inmost being. Not just the outward stuff, not just how tall you are, not that, not that you're going to weigh a certain amount or that you're going to have brown hair or blue eyes or whatever it is that is unique about you. Not just the outward stuff, but the inward stuff, the intricacies, the, the things that are going on on the inside of you. Verse 13, for you created my inmost being, you, not some random thing, not something out there somewhere, you knit me together in my mother's womb. And then there's the obvious conclusion that you come to when you start thinking about this kind of stuff. Look at what he writes. I praise you. Because you've made me, and I'm pretty happening, and you've got to be pretty happening to make something that looks like me, that you are the wonderful maker. Speaker of the stars, yes. Maker of the cosmos, yes. But you made me, 
And so I will praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. Now, as easy as it was for us to, to look at the galaxies and see what, what happens there and say, boy, that's, that's incredible, that's astounding, amazing, whatever kind of word you want to use. Um, and we would say, you know, he should be described as the indescribable one. He uh, really is a good way to put it. He is indescribable. There aren't words to really come up with that really can contain him and, and talk about him. But when you look at it and you peel it back and you start looking at the intricacies of the human body, you have to just stand off and go, oh, my goodness. I mean, when they put a newborn baby in my hands, I never cease to be amazed. I look at those little hands, and I look, and they've got little fingernails you look at their eyes and they've got eyebrows and eyelashes and, and they're, they're moving and you can feel them move and you know that all that stuff works and it's all it's all connected inside and that he's got a little heart or she and it's got you know little blood vessels and and muscles and and sinewy stuff and and you know synovial fluid and all that kind of stuff that's in the body you just and you just every time i hold a newborn baby the first thought i have is this is a miracle now what you're what you're left to say at the end of all this is lord you do do all things well you really do verse 15 my frame was not hidden from you when i was made in the secret place when i was woven together in the depths of the earth for your eyes saw my unformed body all the days ordained for me what does that mean it means that god knows how many days you've got it means where he knows everything about you he knows where you're going to be born he knows where you're going to die he knows how you're going to draw your last breath you know that that confuses us and we argue about how and you know predestination and foreknowledge just he knows god knows all that stuff and i don't know how he knows listen he's smart enough to make the cosmos i'm gonna let him hang on to some of that stuff because it's just too much for me to carry so we'll just let him do it but there are no surprises to god all the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be you and i he says are fearfully and wonderfully made i'd like to spend a little time this morning helping you to understand just how fearfully made you are i realize that some of the numbers i'm about to use are going to be kind of like the whole galaxy thing how many of you went to work this week and said you should have heard our preacher talking did you know that our universe is and you tried to use the words and it was like and you finally just said millions or trillions i can't remember what he said it was something big did you try and do something like that well we're going to do some more of that this morning i realize that these numbers can just overwhelm you I hope that, that I'm able to do this in such a way that you're able to, to at least pick some of it out. But let's start with this. Let's start with the fact that your body contains 75 trillion cells. Now, somebody walked out this morning and said, Brett, your numbers are wrong. It's 100 trillion. Let's just be conservative. <laughs> let's just say 75 trillion, or else we're going to mess up my whole sermon. So 75 trillion, 75 trillion cells. Your body's made up of 75 trillion cells. Your body is made up of 75 trillion cells. You say, Brett, we, we got that. I don't think you did. Let's say it again. 75 trillion cells. You say, Brett, hit fast forward. You know, we, we got the whole 75 trillion. Why do you keep saying that? I'm going to say it one more time just so that you'll get it. 75 trillion cells. Your body is made up of 75 trillion cells. Do you know why I keep saying that? Because every time I say that, 50,000 of them die and are replaced. Every time I say that, over the course of the time it took me to do that illustration, about 300,000 of the cells in your body died and were replaced. Do you wonder why you're tired? 
Now, is, is it any wonder that you say, I, I need a nap? I say, yeah, you're probably right. We, you, know, just, you just made 200,000 cells. I mean, absolutely you need a nap. So every time you read a sentence, 50,000 cells in your body die and are replaced. That just, that, that's mind-boggling. Every moment of every day, of every week, of every year, when you lay down, some parts of your body go to sleep, but your cells never stop dying and reproducing themselves. That goes on your whole entire life. It never stops. 75 trillion cells. You say, well, Brett, put that in a perspective that I cannot understand. Okay, let's do that. Let's put it in a perspective that you can't understand. There are 200 billion stars in the Milky Way galaxy. Okay, 200 billion. This is kind of cool. A couple, not too long ago, some scientists uh, were looking through a telescope and they discovered an extra billion stars. They were hiding in the universe, I mean, in, the, in our galaxy, in our Milky Way galaxy. Can you imagine that conversation in the laboratory? Hey, Ted, could you come over here and look through this telescope? Because I think I just found another billion stars. I'm not sure. Yep, that's another billion stars. So, so just for the sake of the, the conversation here, let's, let's stick with just 200 billion stars in the galaxy, okay? 75 trillion cells versus 200 billion stars in the Milky Way galaxy. Let me put that in perspective for you. 75 trillion is 375 times the number of stars in our Milky Way galaxy. That's how many cells are in your body. 25 trillion of those cells are red blood cells, and they work their tails off. They are constantly carrying oxygen to the various parts of your body. They're taking stuff to the extremities. They're taking stuff to the, to the lungs so that your lungs can, can have the, the necessary oxygen for them. Um, it brings back all the bad stuff, and it, it cleans, you know, cleans your body up on the inside. Um, you know, I'm, I'm talking about all this, and I keep saying the phrase, you are fearfully and wonderfully made. And, and really, I hope, did you like our new lobby? Isn't that pretty? Did you enjoy that? We, one of the things that we're going to do with the bookstore, and it was always the intent, it was just that I was a doofus and didn't get on the stick with it, but one of the things was that we always wanted to highlight like different books that I was reading or had read that I would recommend to the congregation, and um, that was really the purpose of the bookstore. We're going to continue to try to do that. On the shelf out there are some books that Kyle has picked out that mean a lot to him, and there are some books out there that I've picked out that mean a lot to me. One of the books that I've picked out is a book called Fearfully and Wonderfully Made, by Paul Brand and Philip Yancey, and I highly recommend that you get it. It's, it's such a good book that I bought my copies, and then I loan copies, but I don't loan my personal copies. I bought copies to loan out to people. That's how much I like this book. It's one of my favorites, um, and there weren't very many of them out there, so if you want one, we may have to order it for you, or you can get it at the big bookstore. But think about how fearfully and wonderfully made you are that you, you've got 25 trillion red blood cells in your system. They live 120 days, and then they're replaced. As hard as they work, is it any wonder? I mean, three months. Every three months, you get a new 25 trillion red blood cells coursing through your system. The white blood cells, they are the ones that fight off infection in your body. They're the ones that do all the work. When something bad comes into your body, they're the ones that, that go and attack it, make sure that it doesn't hurt you, and that, uh, that we, we like white blood cells. Now, there are only 25 billion of those, and I hate to tell you. you know, 25 billion white blood cells. Uh, in every drop of your blood, think about the number of cells that you lose when you spill one drop of blood. Precious, precious stuff. 25 billion white blood cells. They only live 12 hours. So from the time that you ate last night until now, you have lost and replaced 
what did I say, 25 billion? 25 billion. So from the time you woke up yesterday morning until now, you, you wonder why you're tired? You're making 50 billion white blood cells every day of your life. You say, I need a nap. I say, agree. You know, even if you need to do it now, go right ahead. Uh, it's fine. It's fine. People say, Brett, I'm sorry I fell asleep in your sermon. I say, I don't care. Just make sure it was a good one. If you're only going to get one good night's sleep, you may as well get it at church. Um, now get this. All these blood cells, all these white and red blood cells that are moving through your system, they're coursing through uh, veins and arteries and, and uh, blood vessels, uh, capillaries. There are, you ready for this? Inside each of us, there are 75,000 miles worth of arteries, blood vessels, and capillaries. 75,000 of those in your body. You say, is that long? Yeah, that's, that's pretty long. That is enough to go around the earth three times. All right, 75,000, just free information. Didn't, didn't cost you a thing to get that this morning. That is free. I'm just, a, I'm just handing it out this morning. Enjoy. You think you're fearfully and wonderfully made? I do. You think God knitted you together and wove you together in your mother's womb? I do. Scientists thought for a while that, uh, that once you got past the big stuff, the heart and the lungs and things like that, things got pretty simple. You know, when you went to school, you remember you studied in school the simple cell? You, when you went to this biology class and you started studying the simple cell? They don't use that word much anymore. They don't call it simple anymore. Uh, the reason for that is because they, they, scientists have gotten smart. And they have been able to map out the human genome. What they've discovered is that there's some pretty uh, amazing stuff going on. The farther they go, the smarter they get, the more complicated they, they discover that things actually are. Um, for instance, a simple cell contains 50 billion atoms. One cell in your body. Um, 50 billion make up hundreds and sometimes thousands of proteins in your system. Uh, a protein is what tells a cell what to do and how to do it, and there can be up to 2,000 of those in a, in a particular cell. Every protein is made up of amino acids, um, and, and those amino acids come together to form what's called a molecular chain, and it's very important that all those things work together. Um, and if that amino acid molecular chain does not, um, has a protein in it that doesn't work, if it has just one protein out of thousands that doesn't work, then that cell breaks down. And then that, that is going to create some problems that you don't want. So 50 billion atoms in every one of your 75 trillion cells in that molecular organization, if one amino acid in one protein in one cell doesn't work right, that cell shuts down. There is no simplicity. It is very, very complex. And it's all innocent birth. Uh, I want to show you a picture most of us have seen what we look like when we're in our mother's womb. I just thought it'd be kind of cool for us to see this picture here. This little guy is five months old, and he has everything he needs right there. He's got all the stuff he needs. Um, so when God is doing all this knitting together and weaving together and organizing in our mother's wombs, you know, you, you got this in health class, but let's go over this again. Um, you got one cell from your dad and one cell from your mom, and those two cells meet, and that's a whole nother, that's probably a health class for you. We're not going to cover that here today. But um, those two cells meet, and, and, and that's a miracle in and of itself when you think about it, especially the one you got from your dad. Now, that guy there, that cell you got from your dad, he, he is a champion, that guy is, right there. Because, I mean, the competition for him 
was, was pretty steep. I mean, that is the championship event of all championship events, the whole deal where that cell finds mama's cell. I mean, he, he deserves to beat his breast. He really does because, you know, put the... Put, <laughs> you say, somebody, are we in church? Are we really in church this morning? Yeah. Put the gold medal around his neck because he's the winner. Now get this, 46 chromosomes come together to make up your, who you're going to be, 23 from mom, 23 from dad. Um, there's a random division of, of those things where, where, where dad is concerned. And um, actually, when that sperm cell beats the other sperm cells to the egg, you lock into place. See, if another sperm cell had beaten the one that became you, to, to your mother's egg, you would be a completely different person having completely different experiences, may not even live where you live because you might have made different decisions. It just, you start thinking about it, it's like, whoa, that's, that's pretty serious. But when that sperm cell met that egg cell, they came together, they each brought 23 chromosomes. And by the way, the father brings the one that decides whether or not you're gonna be male or female. If he brings a Y, then you're gonna be a male. If he brings the X chromosome, you're gonna be female. Ladies, that should explain a lot for you. If you walk around saying, why does he do that? Why does he, Y chromosome, he got the Y chromosome. So, so you know, that, that should, again, more free information for you this morning. We're here to serve. And in the history of humanity, when those two cells come together and they bring those chromosomes together, you come into being in a way that, that, that the cells and the, the DNA has never, ever existed or ever will again on this planet. You are unique. I remember having this thought when I was 10 years old. Now, this is going to make me sound way smarter than I am. Please know that I don't think I'm this smart. But I remember at 10 laying on the grass, staring up at the clouds in the sky, watching them go by. Just, I, I, bet I, I bet I laid out there for 45 minutes to an hour just watching clouds go over, thinking thoughts to myself like, you really exist. You're, no one else is seeing these clouds. Your eyes are the only clouds that are seeing these clouds the way you're seeing these clouds from this perspective. And I started to think a little bit more about that and about how... I could have been somebody else. How, you know, I don't know, maybe I'd had a class or something where some of this had kind of been taught to me, but, but, but I was thinking about that very thing that, that, you know, how it was possible that I wouldn't be who I am. It's possible that you, you know, if the other sperm cell wins, you're a completely different person. I mean, that just staggers you a little bit. You know, so when these two cells come together, the first two cells don't do what normal cells do. Most cells reproduce themselves. The first two cells come together and they start telling everything else what they're going to be. You know, you got to make this, you got to become that, you got to go to work, do this. That's what those first two cells do. Listen to what Augustine wrote. Men go abroad to wonder at the height of mountains, at the huge waves of the sea, at the long courses of the rivers and the vast compass of the ocean, at the circular motion of the stars, and they pass by themselves without noticing. One of my favorite things in the United States, I've not traveled extensively to other countries. I've been to Thailand pretty much is all I've done. Um, but I, I have been to the Grand Canyon, which was pretty cool. But what really captivated my imagination in northern Arizona was this thing called Meteor Crater. If you've ever seen Meteor Crater, that, that just 
captured my imagination. And I stood on the brim of that thing thinking about the fact that a 50-foot-wide meteor hit our planet and created a hole in the ground almost a mile wide, moving at a speed that would have gone from New York to Los Angeles in less than five seconds. That is cruising. And I'm standing on the side of this thing, and I'm going, wow, this is so cool. Not once did I ever step back and go, no, this is cool. This is amazing. I'm looking at a hole in the ground thinking, well, that's pretty neat. All the while, never stopping down long enough to say, no, no, what's going on inside here, inside this flesh and blood is amazing. You know, Augustine was right. God has placed some, some really intricate things inside you and me. I just want to give you a couple of examples. We'll do this quickly. But, but you need to know some of this stuff. This has got to, this has got to hit you. You've got on your body right now 20 square feet of skin. You say, Brett, all the stuff you've been talking about, I get that one, all right? I, I mean, I got plenty of that stuff hanging off. I'd like to get rid of some of my 20 square feet of skin. You know, you don't have to talk long. I get the 20 square feet of skin because I'm working with that one. 20 square feet, it replaces itself every couple of weeks. So more information, that, probably more information than you want. Um, you know all that dust in your house? Guess what about 80% of that is? It's your skin. Have a great lunch. Um, in every square inch, okay, in every square inch of your skin, there are 13,000 nerve endings. In every square inch. In every square inch of your skin, there are 100 sweat glands. In every square inch of your skin, there are 3 billion cells. That, that just, in every square inch. In every square inch of your skin, there are 10 feet, 10 feet of blood vessels in every square inch of your skin. You're going to breathe 10 million times over the next year. Do you know that? 10 million times. The way your lungs are all folded up inside you, uh, and they're done in such a way that capillaries can get oxygen to and from where it's going to go. And, and I don't understand how all that works. I just know that it's necessary that it be folded up and that it's all compact and it, it works the right way. But if you were to unfold your lungs, do you know how big they'd be? They would cover a tennis court. Your lungs. Your lungs would cover a tennis court. I'm not lying to you. The eye. In your mother's womb, at six months, you have an eyelid. You have one. It's a flap of skin over your eyes and your eyes are shut tight now mysteriously and these are the words that scientists use okay mysteriously at six months not at five months not at seven months six months mysteriously a blade appears and perfectly slices your eyelid in half you look up and down the row where you're sitting you don't see anybody with an eyelid going like that okay there's no eyelids doing this or no eyelids going like that they're perfectly in the middle and they're opening up just the way god designed them to open up it is a mystery and it is the divinity of god you are fearfully and wonderfully made we talked about dna david wrote this stuff and it's like how did he know he doesn't even know what he's saying i don't think or maybe he did you knit me together in my mother's womb another place he says i, I you know i was i was woven together in the depths of the earth we have discovered this this in this whole thing this dna makes us what we are there's a double helix strand that makes up your dna that basically has four building blocks. They're called nucleotides. These nucleotides have three letters that, that characterize them, C, G, T, and A. And basically, your DNA is a different configuration, random configuration, 
of your DNA strand, CGTNA as it, as it uh, does this thing, four elements in different combinations. Inside of you, there is a map that is you. And it's in every single cell in your body, every one of those 70, 75 trillion cells. And scientists tell us, now this is going to be, you just strap, strap on your thinking cap for this. 75 trillion cells. They say that if you were to take one of those cells and unwrap the DNA double helix strand that is in that cell, each one of those, it would be six feet long. You know where I'm going, don't you? 75 trillion times six feet. Do you know how long that is? That is enough to take you to the moon and back 20,000 times. That is in your body right now. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. The genetic code that's inside you is telling your body from the very beginning, when those two cells meet, make an ear, make an eye, make an elbow, make a knee, make a big toe, make a heart, make a lung. Make, it, it just starts giving out orders and starts telling your body what things to make from the moment these two cells come together. And it's now been decoded and the human genome contains these nucleotide building blocks which contain the same CGTNA in random uh, ways, that if you stretched it all out, would be 50, let me make sure I got this right, 3 billion characters. If you, you understand what I'm saying? Characters, um, that's how much DNA is in every cell in your body, 3 billion characters. Let me illustrate that for you. Here's a book, 240 some odd pages in this book. There are 500,000 characters, spaces, uh, characters in this book, 500,000. In order for you to stack up enough books to equal the amount of characters in your body, characters of DNA, you'd have to take 6,349 of these and stack them up. And then you would have enough characters represented to amount to... to can you, do you have any idea how big... 6,000 of these books would fill this middle part of the stage. And you've got that much DNA happening in your cells in your body just it, it's staggering it, it just blows your mind to think about it three billion plus you are uniquely you and it's god's unique you and it's all contained in these tiny little microfibers you know it would take a trillion microfiber strands of dna a trillion of them just for you to be able to see one inch of of that it, you could fit a trillion strands inside one inch just mind-boggling Today's message is not about intelligent design. Hopefully, we have moved past that. Hopefully, you're walking out of here saying, oh, there's some design going on. Yeah, there's absolutely. Yeah, I crawled out of the slimordial lake, didn't you? No, I didn't. I was fearfully and wonderfully made. I was knitted together in my mother's womb. God has specifically crafted us. There are some implications. I'm going to do these quickly, and then we'll be done. First of all, you need to understand that you are a unique, priceless creation of god he has formed you and the same god that spoke the universe into being crafted you you are special you are important you are not an accident you are a creation of the almighty god listen to colossians this is speaking about jesus for by him jesus all things were created things in heaven and on earth visible and invisible whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities all things were created by him and for him you got value and destiny in the same breath and that's your that's the second implication you are a person of destiny all right there's something for you to do 
You are a person of destiny. These bodies are terminal. We know that. Okay, we know from the moment we're born that our body is, is, is going to die. Tim McGraw sang the song, Live Like You're Dying. That's pretty much all of us, isn't it? I mean, we're all going to be there. So you say, well, what does that mean? What do I do? It means you lean into your destiny. You say, God, you formed all this. What do you want me to do with it? I want to make sure that, that I'm doing the right thing with this unique thing that you've put on earth. That is me. I'm available. And you hear David say, uh, that really brings us to our last implication, I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. That is why you're here. I don't know if you know that or not. People say, why am I born? Why was I created? You were created. Here's the two things you're made for. You ready? Don't ever forget this. I used to teach youth group, and my youth group kids, every one of them could tell you this. You are created for this reason. You are made to have fellowship with God and bring glory and honor to his name. That's why you're made. If anybody ever asks you, what is the purpose of life? You don't have to spend 20 years sitting in a diaper under a cactus in Arizona somewhere to find yourself. It's really pretty easy. It really is. Have fellowship with God and bring glory and honor to his name. That's why you were created. All right? So if you ever come down to a thing, you say, I don't know what the will of God is. Will of God is very easy. You ready? Will of God. Didn't cost you a thing today. You're getting this for free. What glorifies God? That's his will for your life. You say, well, you know, I could, go to, I could go to San Diego and glorify God, or I could do the same exact thing and give God exactly as much glory in Nome, Alaska. You know what I'm telling you? Your pick. You want to go to Nome, be my guest. You'll find me in San Diego, thank you very much. But, but if you ever wonder, I don't know what to do. What's God's will? God's will? Glorify me. Figure out what is going to bring me the most glory and do that thing. Lean into that. And so David comes along and he gets it. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. And I'm going to reflect and glorify and magnify the one who knit me together, all 75 trillion cells in my body. I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Listen, here's what you need to know. If you're not a believer, you need to understand this. You need to understand that Jesus Christ hung on a cross and he spilled his cells. He didn't spill them. That's not a good word. Spilled implies that he accidentally did it. He did not accidentally shed his blood for you and me. He shed his cells. Trillions and trillions and trillions of them. He bled on a cross for you and for me to say, I love you. You are unique and priceless. You matter. You have a purpose. You have a destiny. And I'm dying for you. And I want you to see that I love you. And if you're going through your life and you're wondering, what is the purpose? What is the goal? Why am I here? You are here to give God glory. And if you're not a Christian, it starts with you saying, Lord, I am at your feet and I'm at your service and I will live the rest of my life in honor and service to you. That's why you were created. If you've never done that with your life, you can do that this morning when we stand and sing in a few minutes. And you can come forward and say, I'm going to be a Christ follower, someone who takes these 75 trillion cells and glorifies God with them. Let's pray together. Father, again, we just, we've covered this with a bunch of numbers that probably aren't going to mean a whole lot an hour from now, probably don't mean a whole lot now because they're just so big we can't really grasp them. The amazing thing is that you do. You know how we work. You've figured it all out. We are um, just, our bodies are incredible machines uh, that, that do so many things that we don't even give a second thought. Lord, this morning, it's my prayer that we walk out of here just saying again, you are truly indescribable. And that when we go to work tomorrow, we go to work with a purpose. 
We go to school understanding that God made us and formed us and we have a destiny to glorify Him. And I pray, Lord, that we get that. If we don't get anything else this morning, you made the cosmos, you made us, and you died for us. You died for us. Wow. It just leaves us speechless. And to that we just say, Amen.